0: up!
1: Welcome to the OTP4D presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans, where members are the plan. Farm Bureau Health Plans makes it easy for Tennesseans to get the health coverage they need for less than they expect. Visit FBHP.com. I'm Mike Keith, and with the holidays and the fact the Titans play Thursday night against Dallas, we have combined the OTP4D and done it live on the Mike Vrabel Show. Joining me to break down Saturday's game, our Titans
0: radio team. Coach Dave McGinnis, welcome. That's great to be here. Thanks for having me. The first time I've ever been invited to and am doing the OTP4D. I'm excited. This is a big setup. Amy Wells is always part of this show.
2: Yeah, I've done the OTP4D before. We're happy to have you here, Mac. It's going to be fun.
0: Well, I'm glad to be here. I'm just glad to be up to your level.
1: And her partner (laughs) in crime on the OTP4D and on Titans Countdown, Rhett Bryan. Welcome, Mr. Bryan. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Before we jump into our review of the last Titans game, uh, any thoughts on Coach Vrabel's comments today? Coach Mac, start with you. Uh, say less, do more?
0: Yeah, I've heard it before in my coaching career, and it first started with Mike Ditka. Uh, he said it a little bit differently, but it was the same message. <laughs> Couldn't really say it on the radio <laughs> no, <I can't>. from, <laughs> no, I from can't. the FCC. <clears throat> no, I can't, but I, I, I understood the message, and I understand this message, and it's a very relevant message right now. We're to the point in the season where really talking about anything you know, is, is takes a way back seat to getting something done on the field. And they've done some good things on the field, but they've also not done enough consistently on the field. And I, that's exactly what he's talking about. You know, because you can – they're always – and when you're not having success in this league, there's a lot of rhetoric out there, you know, and there's, there's going to be a lot of chirping out there, and, and rightfully so. That's what we sign up for when we sign up for this business. But within yourself and within, within your locker room and within this football team – you know, talking's not going to get it done. You got to get it done on the field for four quarters.
2: There's a very real sense of urgency now. And not to say that the entire season hasn't taken very seriously, but uh, everything matters right now. Every single step, every single moment um this is the home stretch and you're playing for all the marbles. You're trying to get into the playoffs and that is the main priority. Mike Vrabel also made a very interesting comment about leadership in his press conference and he was talking about how listen anybody can be a leader. We are not just leaning on a certain amount of people. There's not one or two guys who are kind of in charge of everything. Anybody in this locker room can be a leader as long as you know what to do and you are handling your business correctly you are considered a leader on this team. You are able to be a leader of men no matter what your position is, as long as you are doing your job correctly. Um, I thought that was very interesting. I thought that it, A, kind of takes the pressure off of some of those big-name people who we all think of as leaders in the Titans locker room. Um, And it also is kind of a call to attention, I think, of everybody on the team saying, listen, you guys can all be responsible for what's happening here. This is an important time. Let's all step up, you know, let's all what was it a couple weeks ago that rising tides raise all ships or
1: raise all boats?
2: Boats, that's it. Um and so I thought that it was a good continuation of that message in a time that is so important.
3: A takeaway for me to to kind of underline Amy's point about the sense of urgency is It matters more about week 18 now than it really does with the Dallas Cowboys because of being an NFC opponent versus an AFC opponent. And it's basically, I mean, to hear Mike Vrabel answer a question, even entertain it about whether anyone would be sitting out of this contest on Thursday night, knowing what it means in week 18, tells you the sense of urgency. All right, let's jump right in with first down. From Saturday's
1: 19-14 to 14 loss to the Houston Texans, your play that turned the game, Coach Mack.
0: And first of all, Mike, Keith, can I uh, – because I I listen to this all the time when you do it. It's one of my favorite programs. And I appreciate you letting me go first.
3: I, I, well, I, that was designed – that was your you're, – You're the head coach of Titans Radio. You're the head coach. You're supposed to go right. first. Well, mm-hmm. let,
0: let, let's tune our audience in on what really goes on. I'm first because Amy would steal everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, and so Amy and I have a great relationship, but she steals stuff. Still she playing too. <laughs> Still playing too. Okay, play the turn of the game, fourth quarter. Henry fumble, fourteen yes. to ten. I mean that just that that flip momentum. You know, people ask what is momentum, Coach Mac? What does it mean? I can't I can't I can't grab it, but I can feel it, and you can certainly feel it in that stadium. And and all of a sudden, you know, he fumbles, uh, hold him to a field goal on that turnover, fourteen thirteen. But. Never were able to answer after that offensively. Final score ends up being 19-14. You give up two explosive plays in the pass game, aren't able to answer the touchdown, and so we have the finish that we had. But that play right there, because the Titans had a lot of momentum working on their side then, and all of a sudden, it became an uphill fight.
2: Well, that was mine as well, and I think that was everybody's, really. If you really think about the cadence of the game That's got to be everybody's moment that really, if we're being honest with ourselves, that's everybody's moment that turned the game. Um, But another big play was the interception right after the two-minute warning in the fourth quarter. It was an opportunity for the Tennessee Titans to get some points on the board and kind of make that comeback push. And you lose control of the football. So not only are you losing the momentum that you have established... I mean, they were moving the ball. They're putting together a decent drive. They're trying to get some points to, you know, win the game. And... An interception stops all of it, and honestly, it stops your chances of being able to win the ball game, because um, then you're getting into just throwing it and praying situations. Uh, and you're having
1: to use all your timeouts yeah. to get the ball back. And
2: it's, it, you're getting into statistical improbabilities at that point. So that's another one, but I think Coach Mack hit right on the head the real play that turned the game.
3: That's the one I had outlined, but I'll give you another one that's early in the game. And it really was kind of an indicator to us of what kind of day it might be. And that's 2.49 left in the first quarter. Davis Mills, incomplete pass to Chris Moore. And that's the one that Zach Cunningham could have picked right there. The very might next. Might run it back, too. Right. And the, the very next play, Davis Mills scrambles right to Nico Autry, forces a fumble, but it's recovered by Rex Burkhead in the end zone for a touchdown. And there it's knotted up with an extra point.
1: For me, it came just 19 seconds after yours. 2:30 remaining in the first quarter. Titans first and ten at their own 25. Malik Willis throws a pass across the middle to Traylon Burks. Beautiful throw and catch. Titans are going to pick up 20 yards on the play. Instead, there's a penalty for offensive holding, and this became one of the storylines of the game as well, and has been a problem for this offense. Not only do you not pick up 20 yards get momentum, give your quarterback confidence, get Traylon Burks back into the flow, you're first and 20. So you become predictable. And those are the sorts of things that the Titans must cut out, the self-inflicted wounds that not only keep them from going forward, it drags them way backward. So that's a look at first down. Those are our plays that turned the game. Second down, the stat- that grabbed your attention, Coach Mack.
0: Titans had 16 first downs, but let's break it down a little bit further. They only had four by passing. That's only four by passing, 11 by rush, one penalty, 88 total pass yards. I say that to say this. You've got to be more balanced than that. You've got to be able – 16 first downs is is a winnable game, but you you cannot you cannot be just on your left foot the whole time running the football. I've called defenses in this league – quite a while if you're very predictable and plus you're in a position where you have to throw it all of the time you need to get that balance in there so the 16 first downs you can live with it but only four by pass and an 88 total pass yards hard to win games in this league with that stat
2: my turn outside of derrick henry's 48 yard run for a touchdown in the first quarter no explosive plays for the titans offense explosive plays are something that we've been talking about all season. That's something that the Titans offense needs to be able to do to move the ball down the field, generate some momentum and give them a variety of things that they're able to do. Um, Not having that option is, it makes them predictable. It makes them a little bit more one dimensional. And uh, frankly, you're not moving the ball very far when you're doing it like that. It's just, it all kind of compounds onto one thing that's easier to stop, and so the Titans need to find a way to get some of those longer plays. They need to have some sort of a deep threat, and I know there have been a lot of things that have changed for this Titans team in terms of personnel and a lot of different things, but you've got to find a way to have that be a part of your offense.
3: For me, it's one lost fumble by Derrick Henry that ends up being five in his last five games, a place where they don't need to be – Regardless of personnel or whatever the situation is, uh, that is something that is becoming a thing that kind of keeps me up at night. Certainly, motivating Derek Henry though. Oh,
1: definitely. He is not a happy man oh, no. right now, and and took it took the loss basically completely on himself the other day which was not fair because i mean there were no it was way more than
3: that sure but, but he felt like it was but him. that's
1: but that's who he is coach i mean he's that type of guy he wants to carry the load and he knows if you're carrying the load then you bear the responsibility either positively or negatively and he embraces that
0: i've coached guys like that and i've had them on teams and and by the way they were always the best players because they feel like they they, they feel the responsibility but they also embrace the responsibility, and they there's guys that want to wear the hat, and then there's some guys that would just rather be underneath the brim of it and stay in the shade. Uh, This guy wants to wear the hat. I mean, I've had players before that just wanted it. They wanted to be out front. They wanted to wear the hat. Uh, Whatever the game plan was, put it on me, Coach. That's what this guy is. Uh, I've got much, much respect for him, and as upset as everybody is about uh, him turning it over, you can't even – touch how upset he is about turning it over.
2: I mean, he said after the game, he uh, he flat out came to the podium and said, that's three games in a row. I fumbled the football. I need to be better. He felt terrible about it. And he's a guy that you know why some of those things are happening. He is trying to get every possible yard, every possible step that he can for this team. I mean, th- he's trying to make things happen and This is just a byproduct of that, and you hate it for him, but I also kind of like an angry Derrick Henry because good things typically happen when Derrick Henry's feeling a little feisty.
1: Especially going to Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a a pretty good mix for me. I do like that. You
1: know, a lot of people have not talked about the year he's having because of the difficulty that this club has been having as of late. Derrick Henry, 319 carries for 1,400 29 yards and 13 touchdowns. Derrick Henry is second in the NFL in rushing right now behind Josh Jacobs. He only trails by 110 yards. And then he's having his best receiving year ever with 32 catches for 379 yards. That means he's averaging 11 a carry. So with 192 total yards, Derrick Henry will finish the season with 2,000 yards from scrimmage. Wow. And he might win his third rushing title if he were to go crazy late in the season. Now, we'll see. He was on the injury report uh, on Monday with a hip mm-hmm. injury. Uh, it is estimated that he would not have practiced. We will see if he goes. But, I, I mean, he's, he's done a lot of good things this year, certainly statistically, to help balance this offense. And that brings me to my stat that really grabbed my attention. And this will piggyback off Coach Mack. The Titans rushed 31 times for 184 yards. How many times do you see a team lose when they rush for 184? That's six yards a pop. And yet, because they don't have the balance with the pass game, teams, I think, are a little bit willing to say, we're, we're going to be willing to let you run the ball just a little bit more because we don't think you can beat us right now with the pass. And... The Titans had some opportunities. They had a couple of drops. They had, obviously, the catch that was taken away earlier that I referred to due to penalty. You know, if they could just expand that a little further, I think they feel a lot better about the offense.
0: Well, and all of that goes into the unforced errors, too. When you start adding up the unforced errors, and you had some in the passing game. But anytime you take yourself from first and 10 to first and 20, it changes. It changes everything. It changes everything, first of all, that defensive coordinators call, and then it changes your mindset because there's not, you know, when you look at a play sheet, there's not a list for first and 20. There's just not. And so all of, the, all of this stuff, it all goes together. This is not just one facet. It all works goes together. And I think that's what, you know, Mike Vrabel is saying when he says, hey, talk about it all, all you want. Just how about talking a little less and everybody do a little more?
1: All right, talk to me uh, about Malik Willis's performance. Statistically, didn't blow you away in the pass game with 14 of 23 for 99 yards, and he had the two interceptions very late in the game. Was sacked four times in the first half. He ran seven times for 43 yards and a touchdown, easily his best rushing performance. What did you kind of see
0: in the cylinder? He still he still got to be more decisive in the cylinder. And and look and we'll get into this, but you know part of protection is he's got to protect himself too. Part of it's get that ball out of his hands, and and you, you all of this stuff goes together. But you can look a young quarterback that comes into this league operating the cylinder is the hardest thing they have to learn. I mean I thought he had a really good game as far as working the RPO stuff, being able to pull the ball when he had to. It was a beautiful play on his touchdown because it mirrored the play that they ran for Derrick Henry's as a counter OT. For the touchdown, and then everybody, all the d- defenders just swarmed at it like a pack of dogs on meat. And 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 Derrick Henry <laughs> is just around. He, I mean, Derrick Henry's got everybody on top of him. And Malik Willis is around the edge, and so uh, he can operate this off. he's just just time on task, Mike. Time on task at full speed. And I know he played every preseason game. This isn't the preseason. Right. You've got dudes. You got dudes out there going at you. And so any, anything he's
3: doing right now is a tremendous learning experience at warp speed. Mac, with that in mind, with those blitzes that Lovey Smith's defense brought, did it seem like he regressed just a little bit into escaping out of the back of the pocket instead of trying to climb up into the pocket? Well, he really didn't try to escape out of the back. What he did,
0: he held on to it too long. You heard Mike Vrabel say that. He held on to it. Anytime, anytime you, you sense or you can read pressure coming, the first thing you've got to know is the clock in my head that I thought was going to be there for a normal – it's got to speed up. He's got to speed up. His clock never sped up in those instances.
3: Uh, so, with that in mind, um, what did we think about the situation where the Houston Texans had the two-quarterback look, and did that provide them with anything – that threw the Titans defense off in terms of Jeff Driscoll. It
0: didn't throw them off, but because they knew it was coming, they knew it was coming, but it didn't throw them off.
1: We're sponsored by Farm Bureau Health Plans. Farm Bureau Health Plans has been serving members and protecting their health for 75 years. Learn about our Tennessee roots at fbhp.com. Third down is the area where the Titans must improve from Saturday. Coach Dave McGinnis, where do you need to see the most growth from Saturday to Thursday against
0: Dallas? Quarterback protection. There's four sacks in this game, and at least that many or more pressures. And this also includes the quarterback protecting himself. You heard Mike Vrabel earlier in this program talk about being able to get the ball out of your hands quicker. It, this all goes together. But people are going to rush this young quarterback. They're gonna, they're and especially if scores get separated, they're gonna stick their cleats in the ground, get in that track stance, and they're coming after him, either with four or more. So you've got to understand that that's getting ready is going to happen. You're gonna have to get better protection from the blocking unit, not just the offensive line, everybody that's involved in that cylinder protection, and then also this is on the receivers, get separation, and the quarterback needs to speed the clock up in his head. But you cannot be sit back there and consistently get hit. You just can't do it. It stops all of your momentum, and plus, it takes away any chance that you have if the score does get separated of being able to catch up because to catch up in this league, you have to throw it. And so the protection, everybody involved in the protection, needs to be better. What has to happen
1: for the Titans to back them off with Malik Willis at quarterback? Well, the
0: running the football helps a lot. You could see early in the last ball game. I mean, that helped a lot. But once the score got separated and he started getting rushed and they saw, saw that he's going to have trouble locating or finding receivers quick enough downfield, they just continued to bring it. You've got to be able to run the football, and then I'll tell you what else will happen. Hit a, ball, hit a couple of passes. The pass that we hit for 22 that got called back, don't have it called back. Don't have it called back for an unforced error. Those things, you've got some you've got some nice plays designed to be able to get it out of his hands. That needs to happen. There's gotta be a deep shot in there
1: somewhere with how tightly they're playing against the line for Derrick Henry, right?
0: Well it's a it's a it's a single high safety most of the time when the game starts. And so now can your can your wide receivers get a step and beat the corners? I mean, that's what it's about. Especially with single high. And when I say single high safety, that's a safety that's 12 to 15 yards in the middle of the football field. Everybody else is very close to the line of scrimmage. We talked about it on the broadcast how close they were lining their linebackers up on first down to the line of scrimmage. Normally, linebackers are four and a half to five yards deep. They were at two and a half and three yards deep to be able to stuff the outside and inside zone. Your corners need to win. Mine
2: is sort of in a way, it's limiting some of those penalties and those mental mistakes that mac just mentioned um they had five penalties for 30 yards which isn't terrible the issue is that they come at the most inopportune times and for a team like this titans team that just thrives so much on momentum um they just completely will stall out whatever's going on and very rarely do you see the titans really overcome a penalty um, in within that same drive or within the next play. I mean, it feels like time and time again, something will happen. A play is called back because there's a penalty. There's some sort of mental mistake. And and then the drive stalls out, or you're just not able to finish what it is you started. And for this team, limiting that is something that they can control. There's so many things that are happening around this organization right now that they just can't control. You know, the personnel things, injuries, nobody can control that. But this team, this is something that you have the ability to fix. Don't do it. Don't make those mistakes. Play disciplined football. Pay attention to what you're doing. It's all of those things that we hear Mike Vrabel preach every single week. It's time to lock in a little bit, guys, and limit some of that.
0: Yeah, well, you got to play a clean game is what she's talking about. She's 100% right. And it, it's, it's tough enough to beat an opponent. It's hard, really, to beat an opponent and to overcome yourself. So you, you can't put those obstacles in your way. And Amy's right when she says this. I mean, there's no reason. I mean, it's like you were getting ready to run the 100-yard dash, and you say, you know what, everybody else gets a clear lane. Why don't you put about four or five hurdles in mine, and see if we can still have a, the same race? Sure. So you just, you cannot, you cannot self-destruct. Unforced p- penalties, unforced errors are something that are, it, it really comes down to, to, to mental concentration. That's what it comes down to, and Amy said you can control that. You absolutely can control that. You might not be able to physically, over a 60-minute stretch, beat the guy across from you uh, a greater percentage of the time, but you sure can control the fact that you don't give him an advantage by having an unforced error.
3: Mine is along the same line of thought about playing a cleaner game, but it's going to take pretty much everybody, and it's the turnover ratio. Stop giving them up and force more. And you started to see the defense force more but you got to stop giving them up and, and try to make something happen out of all those things. But turnover ratio, it's always important in every game, but that's the one I think if they can improve that to go with what you guys are saying, they can get back in the win column. Interesting for the Titans on the
1: year, they have 37 quarterback sacks, which is a good number. Nothing wrong with that. But the fact of the matter is they had only won the other day against Houston, and they've got to pick the numbers up dramatically in that area, and they're certainly capable... Danico Autry had seven quarterback pressures in the game along with a sack. Um, obviously, Jeffrey Simmons is the guy that's going to cause pressure. He had three quarterback pressures. Uh, Ree- Weaver had two. Dupree had three. Walker won. Tart one. And Bayard won. So, they got the pressure, but it's just about finishing it.
0: Yeah, well, and the thing about it is – and, and pressures, pressures are good if you're getting a quarterback off his spot. But but if you get a guy off his spot and he, and, he, and he escapes to his throwing hand, and then all of a sudden you've got to play plaster coverage downfield, so it all has to come. You want the pressure. pressure. You want him off the of spot. You always talk about speeding the quarterback's clock up. You want that, but then you need to be able to finish it to get it out of his hands. doesn't necessarily have to be a sack. Just get it out of his hands and make it a bad throw.
1: The initial entry report of the week is based on uh, from the Titans and the Cowboys' perspective, an estimation because both teams held a walkthrough. And what it means is if there had been an actual practice, these players are estimated to have been not able to practice, limited in practice, or full participants. For the Dallas Cowboys, Tony Pollard with a thigh injury did not practice. Leighton Vanderesh with a neck did not practice. It is thought already that Leighton Vanderesh. The talented linebacker for the Cowboys is out for Thursday night's game with what continues to be a neck problem. We'll have to wait and see. Safety, Jerron Curse, an elbow and a back injury, limited. Defensive end, Demarcus Lawrence, with a foot injury, limited. Sam Williams, talented rookie pass rusher out of Ole Miss, limited with a concussion. And then these players thought to be full participants. Defensive end, Dorrance Armstrong, with a knee. Wide receiver, Noah Brown, with a foot, guard Zach Martin with a knee Noah Brown is one of the real surprises on this Cowboys team with 41 catches already
0: well yeah and he fits in nice with that receiving group that they have and also you watch the Cowboys and if you start watching their games back Dak Prescott's started to be really on when he when he came back he's really starting to be on and so if you're a receiver you got a chance to get a pretty good target from Dak The Titans had several
1: players listed on the initial injury report. Again, estimations because they just held a walkthrough. Uh, Danico Autry, outside linebacker, a biceps injury, did not practice. Linebacker Dylan Cole, ankle, did not practice. Linebacker Zach Cunningham, elbow, did not practice. Outside linebacker Bud Dupree, pectoral injury, did not practice. Cornerback Christian Fulton, groin, did not practice. Running back, Derrick Henry, hip, did not practice. Safety, Amadi Hooker, knee, did not practice. Offensive lineman, Nicholas petit frere ankle, did not practice. Quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, ankle, did not practice. Defensive back, Josh Thompson, concussion, did not practice. Defensive tackle, Jeffrey Simmons, ankle, did not practice. Guard, Aaron Brewer-Calf, would have been a limited participant. So, There's a lot of talk about the Titans choosing to quote-unquote hold guys out potentially Thursday night with the thought process that they want to be as healthy as possible and have as many guys available as possible for Jacksonville on either Saturday the 7th or Sunday the 8th of January because that game will determine the AFC South champion. In many cases, it doesn't feel like they're going to just hold people out it feels like they're going to say we need to let people get healthier to get back because this injury list remains so long.
0: Yeah, and the injury list has you know been accumulating all all year long, and so you know, I've been in these types of situations with a healthy squad. You know, you can you can do that a little bit. This is a far from healthy football team, and so your options are very very limited.
1: And the thing is, too, Amy. You can get to 55 if you call up two guys from the practice squad. You can, I mean, you can play less than 48, but you're going to have 48 active spots. So it's not like you can take all of these guys and say they're out or other starters and say they're out. Somebody has to play.
2: Right. At some point, you have to have humans who can play the game. You need to have people there. Um, But, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to do whatever you can – to give some guys a break to get healthier. However, it also makes sense to give some guys who you know will probably be playing in that final game some extra reps. Give them a little bit more of an opportunity to get on the field, to get more involved in the system, to get some more game experience because listen you've got some guys who either haven't been in this system very long who haven't had a lot of opportunities to make some plays on the field I mean look at a guy like Jack Gibbons who we're seeing getting more and more involved and as he continues to play he's doing better and better so it's an opportunity to give some guys reps in the same way that it's an opportunity to help some to help some people get healthy
0: you know the four of us know this team as well as anybody you know other than the coaches and this locker room itself, we know this team. And we, and you know, there was, there's a point always when you go through training camp and you make your cuts, you can identify every guy out there. I mean, you can just tell the way they walk, you can see who they are, you can be from a long distance. I can ask Rhett, who's that? And he said, oh, that's, you know, that's so and so. I can just tell by the way. Now, with all the new people that we're bringing in, it's, it's hard to do that. And so, to Amy's point, you're bringing guys in that you're not only trying to get incorporated into a, a system. You're trying to you're trying to teach them a game plan, and not a game plan where they're going to be playing five, six, seven, eight snaps on one or more special teams. They're playing on offense and defense. You know the the majority of the ball game. It's a it's a very very thin line that that you that you have to be able to cross when you're deciding these types of things. Plus, a lot of those decisions are made for you just because of your lack of numbers.
1: And you know you think about Derrick Henry. And there's been talk already. Oh, he was held against New Orleans four years ago to be ready for the game at Houston. Mm-hmm. He also had a hamstring injury. He had
3: a tight hamstring, was reported. That's right. And they held that's the only game he's ever really been held out of, right? Right. And so, yeah. And the other thing I'm thinking as we're talking about this is, you know, Obviously, quarterback Ryan Tannehill has not gone on injured reserve. There is still one designation to return from injured reserve. I don't know, and and Coach Brable has already said, Kyle Phillips at wide receiver and David Long at linebacker doesn't expect those to be a – but there's going to be a return. Not this week. Not this week, but there's going to be a return For that Jacksonville game in week 18. Yeah, David Long
1: would be eligible for Jacksonville so that, you know, you'd like to have him back and have that opportunity if possible. Titans did have one transaction to begin the week. Danny Isadora is a 6'3", 300-pound offensive lineman who was a fifth-round selection by Minnesota in 2017 over his NFL career. 31 games, six starts, while playing two seasons for the Vikings, a season for the Dolphins, a season for the Chiefs, and a season for the Cardinals. Danny Isadora played his college football at the University of Miami, where he was a 39-game starter, again, starting the final 39 games of his career. So Danny Isadora takes Bo Benshaw's place on the Titans practice squad as an offensive lineman. Time now for fourth down, your player of the game from Saturday's Titans-Texans contest. Dave McGinnis, so glad again you're with us and give you the opportunity to name your player of the game.
0: I'm really happy to be here, and I'm really happy you let me go first every time. This is That's so gracious of everybody in this room. Danico Autry is mine. Seven tackles. You already said the seven pressures. One sack, two tackles for loss, two passes defensed. He got his hands up two quarterback hits. He was just disruptive all day. You knew he was out there on the field and it just made you realize how much of a presence he is. He is a huge huge presence for this defense. And when this defense had all their dudes rolling up front and his versatility and, and plus this guy this guy plays angry and I love angry defensive players and he was very very productive this game. He did not
1: play in the first game against Jacksonville.
2: Oh yeah.
1: Something to think about.
2: Ah, yes. That's exciting.
1: All right, Rhett Bryan, your
3: player of the game from Saturday. Mine is a young man who did not make the Pro Bowl, but he is an alternate, and that is rookie punter Ryan Stonehouse. Six punts for 301 yards, 50.2 average, 43.3 net, including a 61-yarder. He did a fantastic job.
2: And it was kind of windy. So that's even more impressive. How did
3: that turn out to be? Because there were
1: predictions of strong, sustained winds throughout the day. Didn't materialize? Didn't
2: didn't really see that so much. There were times where it got a little gusty and there were some big gusts. But for the most part, I think I said a gentle breeze at one point. You did, which is
1: kind of a weird thing to say on an NFL broadcast.
2: (laughs) I know, but that was the best way I could describe (laughs) what I was feeling. The air was moving, but it wasn't like. Overwhelming. It was just kind of nice. I just
1: didn't expect a term from seals and Croft to be
2: <laughs> used Not on Titan But yes, I yeah. said it uh, after <laughs> after that hit. I thought, what a weird thing to say. But it really didn't get to be the overwhelming right. wind that we were expecting to see. I mean, it was still colder than the North Pole, but. It wasn't as windy, which somehow made it wasn't it better. as miserable. It definitely was not as miserable. Um, it could have been much worse. It you you had, had seventeen
3: a- layers on, though.
2: I had a lot of layers on. My toes got cold <laughs> in the fourth quarter, and I had to have the conversation with myself. Like people live in the woods, people go camping. Like I'm not going to lose my toes in two hours, three hours.
0: I'm glad that Rhett brought up Stonehouse because he do, really did a nice job. He's had game. a really nice year. I mean, he did a great job in, in that game, and I I'd, I'd, I'd looked his play over, and I thought, you know, this guy, I mean, he flipped the field. There were several times when you said, we need a big kick here, and he produced it every time. The biggest and, problem with Stonehouse is he's punted 82 times. Let's see, that's amazing, too. I mean, that's just, and again, you know, you talk about being out of balance, but Ryan Stonehouse, uh, to me, I mean, I can still remember sitting at that first training camp practice when he's kicking over there on that other field, and Rhett Bryan is, is sitting upstairs with me, and we're watching the whole thing go on, and he's timing him. And he looks at me and said, Maggie, am I timing this right? Because he was getting 4 7 eight, four, eight, four, nine, And hitting f- five regularly. Four nine five. 9 5 He said, he's around five a, a lot. This guy's a good punter.
1: And anything over 4-5 is considered very good? Oh, Absolutely. In terms of hang time?
0: Hang time. You want that hang time? The thing about him, he's got hang time and distance. This guy's really a good punter.
1: 53.4 gross average, 44.4 net average, 29 punts inside the 20, only eight touchbacks. Maybe the only issue is 54 of his punts have been returned for an average of 10-6, but... The longest return is twenty seven yards and I think that's some of the trade off for the distance he hits it.
0: Yeah, it's some of the trade off and a couple of those cu- couple of those with that return, because I mean we've watched every punt that he's made were in that in that Green Bay game where he was hitting line drives. Remember he was hitting line yes. drives. And line drives are that's not what you want at all. So anyway, I like the punter. I think we all do.
1: Amy Wells, your player of the game.
2: You know, mine is Jack Gibbons. Um, I referenced him earlier, so he must just be top of mind. But he had a good game. He had a big interception, pass defense, seven total tackles. Um, But he's someone that we've seen him in the last couple of weeks, and in every game, statistically, he's putting up a little bit better numbers. He's getting a little bit more responsibility. Some of that is due to injury, but some of that is just because Mike Vrabel trusts him, and he has earned the right to be in the game. And, I mean, we've heard Vrabes talk about him a couple of times, and that he's been impressed with or happy with the way that he prepares, the way that he goes about his business. And I'm excited to see him through the next couple of games and see if he's able to continue improving because that's how you know you've got a good player is every time he's on the field, he gets a little bit better.
0: I know everybody listens to this program are are really good Titans fans. And so when I mentioned this name, when I was coaching linebackers here, was the assistant head coach for Jeff Fisher, we had a guy named Brad Castle, and he reminds me so much of Gibbons, just so much reminds me of him. (laughs) <laughs> loves to play ball, extremely tough, uh, and, and every time he's out there, he just makes plays, and so uh, I, I, like your, I like your guy.
2: Thank you. My
1: guy's Monty Rice, linebacker from Huntsville, Alabama, played at Georgia, second-year player coming back from an Achilles, nine tackles. Coach Mack, he's getting better every time he plays, and for him, you know, for some guys it might be better to sit out Thursday night. For him, play more. Continue to get those reps in because he's getting a bigger understanding of the game every week.
0: Let me tell you what he is as a linebacker, Mike. And he, look, <clears throat> he's always needed refinement in his space game, but this guy's a heavy, heavy dude. And I'm not saying, I'm saying heavy in the most complimentary way I can. He thumps them, he hits them, and he's getting now to where he's getting ahead of blocks. And you're 100% right. He made a couple of reads when they pulled the guards where he beat the guard. and I mean, this guy's got a punch to him. And that's what you want in your linebackers. You want keen diagnose, and you want punch. He's got those things.
1: Well, there's some players, and this is the God-given part of this game, in my opinion. There's some guys. They weigh 190 pounds. They hit like they're 225. They're 225. They hit like they're 275, and so on. And why that is, you don't know, I- except it's in their heart, and they don't have they don't have a governor. They're just bringing it all the time. This guy thumps guards. He hits tight ends he's going to cause a fumble at some point that's going to end up being a big play the way he hits.
0: You know, this, this correlates. We all go to the combine, and, and people want to know why are they vertical jump guys and why are they standing broad jump guys. That's because you're looking for that, that, that dead stop explosion. We call it that six-inch cobra punch. That, you know, you're, you're, you're coiled, and then this six-inch punch, you know, the great boxers have it. Sure. And great athletes that play defense in this league have it.
1: I think about Ernie Shavers back in the 70s and 80s. He was thought to be the hardest hitter in all of boxing, and there there was an era of great heavyweights, and you'd watch him, and you'd say, why does he hit harder than anybody else? You don't really know, but some guys do, and some guys on the football field certainly do as well. And this guy, I think he's going to be a big part of the Titans' future, especially having battled back from what is a very difficult injury to get back from.
0: Yeah, and, and look, anytime you miss time on the field, especially as a young player, you're, you're, you're doubling up to catch up, and I think this guy's catching up now.
2: Yeah,
1: he's a favorite uh, for Mike Vrabel to watch a lot. One of those linebackers that Vrabel's on all the time because?
2: Because he cares.
1: Well, he knows.
2: Yeah, he knows. He, he picks out the guys that are going to be successful, and he picks out the guys that have what it takes, and then he's on them, but I think he's pushing them to do the right things.
0: Thank you, crew.
2: We appreciate
0: you being with us. Thank you. I appreciate being here with you guys. This was fun. We hope that you've enjoyed
1: this special holiday edition of the OTP4D presented by Farm Bureau Health Plans. With Farm Bureau Health Plans, you'll get lower deductibles in premiums and less hassle. Visit FBHP.com. For Rhett Bryan, Dave McGinnis, and Amy Wells, I'm Mike Keith. Thanking you for listening to the OTP 4D.
3: I've